you also gave Megan and I permission to be in the journey and to guide our journey. So what you gave us is the tool to say, if you find yourself in a place where you're not comfortable or you want to move through it, or you want to see more, you need to, you can ask mother I to send you to a different place or to show you more. DMT and the ayahuasca brew, it takes your rational mind offline. I mean, you're still, you're still cogent. You can think, you can sort of reason things out to an extent, but it takes the rational, logical mind, puts it off to the side and allows the incredible heart-centered creative side to come forward. And then the DMT takes you into these other dimensions. And the ayahuasca vine is the vine of the mother that contains the wisdom and the information. And she goes to work directly with each individual. And she goes exactly where you need to, where you need to start. She meets you right there and she starts doing the work with you. Jen. Hey. So fun to be here in the soul shed. It is really cool. I wish people could actually see it. We might have to do that one day. What? How many people can we fit in here? (laughs) (laughs) I want to do like a, we should do like a YouTube episode where they can see our background. Oh. That might be fun. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys, we have quite the episode for you and... It's an extension of uh, an episode about ayahuasca, plant medicine. And this episode you're about to listen to with our shaman, our maestra. God, I wish I could say it like that. You know, it's so funny because I've studied Spanish for a while and I, I can't roll my it's so annoying well that was still super cool okay thank you (laughs) maestra yeah see it's so good (laughs) please don't have me even try that it's not even it's not even acceptable for me to try (laughs) i'm really curious now no i can't it's so i i really wanted to step into this um intro and and allow people the opportunity with this podcast episode to see Demi as um how we see her I wanted Uh I want to really paint a picture here because this woman has opened something I know for me and I I don't want to speak for you Meg but something so deep and powerful inside of me and I feel such a a strong connection to her um that we cannot wait for you to get to know her today Uh, Demi has this beautiful loving motherly i i really see how she channels mother earth in this beautiful sacred container and we were so blessed to have the opportunity to connect with her before our journey and i have to be honest in regards to exploring plant medicine i had a lot of hesitation oh yeah i had a lot to where even after we had said yes and <laughs> reached out to her, I was questioning mm-hmm. whether or not I wanted to explore it because of a lot of the things that I would see in the media mm-hmm. and how they would coin um, psychedelics, the use of psychedelics in plant medicine as something that was bad. It's and, like cultish, you know, like there's yes. some things you see that it looks like or feels like it's this spiritual woo-woo cult. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Which is, you know, so not us. And and so there was a part of that that was that I was really afraid of and I didn't even want to explore until we met Demi and 
she simplified everything in this really beautiful way where she gave us, Jen, permission to own our own sovereignty mm-hmm. and surrender to our own path that we have full authority over our yep. experience. And if we want to give power to fear, that is what our experience is going to be. Yep. However, if we want to surrender and give power to just beauty and and you know exploring those edges of our psyche that might be uncomfortable but always owning the beauty of the experience that we all have the authority and whether or not it's plant medicine I think anything that might feel hard or scary if we can have the intention to lead with light it's going to attract the same experience I agree with that. And and I think part of this, and and I know, Megan, the reason we really wanted to bring Demi on after we posted our ayahuasca experience and journey was we're not experts. And this is the first time that Megan and I have explored um, ayahuasca. So we wanted to really bring Demi in as an expert who's done thousands of ceremonies and studied in Peru and understands the ceremony and sacredness Mm -hmm. of the journey and and bring her to you so that you can actually fully understand not only the spiritual and the journey itself, but really understand the ancient history, the the ancestral ties and Uh the sacredness of the plant medicine. And so Demi really does a beautiful job in this interview of, of kind of giving you start to finish how it came about, why it's so powerful and the benefits. So that's one thing I do want to make sure everyone hears is that this is our first time. We are not experts, but we're bringing Uh an expert to you. Exactly. And one thing I want to extend on about Demi is she has (laughs) dedicated her life to being an agent of change and service to others. And you know, in getting to know her on a personal level, I think she might get a lot of backlash for being in this industry that might seem taboo or out of the norm or, you know, like, you know, we we joke about drugs, right? Mm -hmm. And she really holds into her own sovereignty and strength because she is a woman on a mission. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. I mean, just you listening to this interview, you'll be able to tap into her soul and understand that she is this divine soul that really just wants to help others. Yeah. And she's she does stand for transformation. And what I do really love about Demi, and you'll feel this from her, is she doesn't she doesn't direct your transformation, like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that sometimes when we're working with, you know, people that are guiding our transformation or coaches or mentors, they some people, I mean, we can't help it. There's an agenda. Yeah. And that's right. with Demi, for me, it felt like there was no agenda. There was there was nothing for her to try to guide or lead you to. She or was just fix. or fix. She was just yeah. holding space yes. for your own experience. And that's one of the beautiful pieces of plant medicine is everyone's experience is unique and it can't be guided. Mm-hmm. And I really love that about the plant medicine. Yeah. And I think you know, within, because we had the experience with just the three of us is we had the intention to really hold space for one another in this beautiful sacred container. 
without having to try to micromanage or fix the experience of the other person. Oh, yeah. Great point. I remember (laughs) that. Yeah, it's because during well, you'll hear in the interview, but there are points where I wanted to touch you. We talked about I this. I wanted, I wanted to, to poke you. And I wanted giggle to giggle with you. <laughs> I, I want, and I felt like myself, you know, standing for you in a way without actually interrupting or trying to rob you of your journey um, by coming in and interjecting right, yeah. or yeah. touching you or holding your hand or something. And, and that's what Demi holds space for in her ceremonies is it's not our job to intercede with the other person's journey, mm-hmm. which is so fun to see everything unravel the way it did. I mean, to not to be next to you for five hours and not say a word was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. (laughs) Oh, it's true. We did not speak to each other for five hours. You and I have a lot to say and to not say anything for five hours is a challenge. A big one. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle with plant medicine. Oh, that's a good idea. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Okay, enjoy, Demi. We hope you guys love this episode as much as we loved recording it. Welcome to the Soul Ascend podcast with your hosts, Meg and Jen. We're going to help you mega manifest and generate your soul's highest ascension in business, relationships, spirituality, money, and health. Welcome, and let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Jen, how's it going? Oh, it's going really good. I was going really good. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Soul Ascend podcast. I am so freaking, should I say excited? No, you're not excited. No, what am I? Oh, curious, curious. expansive. Oh, cur- yes, I'm curious. I'm <laughs> I'm expansive. I'm um, exhilarated. Yes, yes exhilarated. I Euphoric? <laughs> because we have such a special guest here today with us oh yes so we developed a relationship with someone who just from the very beginning uh really took on this very comforting i like to think of her as like the mother Mm. the maestra Ooh, i like that that's (laughs) so sexy who is also a shaman and facilitates plant medicine ceremony. And what a journey, what an adventure Mm. it was to be with you in this way. So Demi Faraday, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, we're so excited to dive in today. You know, there's so many different ways we could go when we're talking about plant medicine and our experience with you and with our journey. But we really just want to hear a little bit about, you know, how you decided to get into this, this beautiful, sacred, you know, journey with plant medicine yourself, and then how it became, you know, into being a facilitator of ceremony, how you decided to step into that. Okay. Well, it's I, I, for the sake of brevity, I'll give you the cliff notes on it. I had heard about ayahuasca back in, <clears throat> excuse me, 1996 or 97. And a friend of mine went to go to the Amazon to study with a, a lady maestra there. And when she came back, her stories were just so fascinating. And I thought, oh, I'm definitely going to be doing that someday. And I just sort of tucked it in the back pocket of my brain and began living my life. And then 14 years later, all of a sudden it just bubbled up and I got this message that said, now's the time to go 
get ready, do all of your research, study what you need to study and go to the Amazon. And so I spent a year and a half researching ayahuasca to make sure that it wasn't going to be harmful or addictive or short circuit my brain or do anything just negative. And after I um, satisfied my, my curiosity with that, then I began looking for a retreat center that I knew would be safe because I was going to be a single woman going down there all, all on my own. And I went to the retreat center and I did several ceremonies and Honestly, I didn't like it. And I thought, I, why am I here? I am never going to do this again. Uh, I can't wait to leave. I can't wait to get back into town and have coffee, pizza, cheeseburgers. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then um, and I came back and then a lady I had met in the Amazon contacted me and said, hey, there's a group up in California. Would you like to go sit with them? And I thought, mm, well, okay. Apparently she's Mother Ayahuasca is calling me back. So I went and sat with them and I, I really had a much better time. And about my fifth ceremony, um, all of a sudden, I, my journey just ended abruptly. And I heard this voice saying, okay, your journey and your healing are done for tonight. Now sit up and watch what's going on and how things work because you're going to be doing this one day. And I thought, mm, no, I'm not, but I'll, I'll pay attention and see what, what this is about. That coming. <laughs> right. And then a couple of ceremonies after that, same thing. I was right in my journey. It was beautiful. And all of a sudden it abruptly stops. And Mother Ayahuasca says, okay, you're done for tonight with your healing. Now sit up and pay attention because you're going to be doing this someday. And I was, I said, you know, really listen, Mother Ayahuasca, with all due respect, I'm not, I'm not going to be doing this. I, I don't feel called. I just, but thank you, you know, for that vote of confidence. And she's kind of like, mm, okay. And then I just continued going to ceremonies and, and doing my own healing and then learning you know, just out of curiosity, learning about how everything was run and doing everything. And then I went down in 2014 to the Amazon to a six week training program where we drank every night we drank or every other night we drank ayahuasca. So that was a total of about yeah. eight ceremonies. We learned how to make ayahuasca. We learned how to lead ceremonies. My, um, my teacher, Don Enrique Lopez, you know, gave each of us a chance to lead a ceremony. And it was really beautiful because when I led, led my ceremony, the energy in the room got so tremendously high. It just went up and up and up. And I could feel like my head just bursting with this light. And it just, everybody in the room was like, just super, super in the medicine. And after ceremony, I light the candle and Don Enrique looks over at me. He's, he's still in the medicine. He's like, muy bien, Bammy. <laughs> Okay, you cannot see Demi's face right now, but it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary, <laughs> I have to say. That's, that's the cliff note. So I came back and then um, I, uh, you know, through a series of things, I, uh, I just began doing my own ceremonies. I saw that there was a call for me to lead them in my way. And um, I started leading ceremonies five years ago, and it's just really grown from there. So... That was my long story. I hope that wasn't too long. <laughs> oh, that was so beautiful. I think one of the biggest takeaways was the the nudges that you kept getting. And I think that's a common theme for those that have experienced plant medicine or some version of plant medicine or even just, you know, business downloads, um, relationship downloads. Yeah. I think I think your experience is such a beautiful example of of the nudges that we tend to get and the logical mind, it's like, 
trying to fight it and say, okay, very cool, but with all due respect, <laughs> I have a different path. And I'm so grateful, Demi, that you listened to those nudges because in the time that I've experienced with you and just gotten to know you on a personal level, it's been life-changing for me. And I can't speak for Jen, but I feel like it has been for you as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. It, it's been magical since the start. And, um, you know, it, it was interesting how you said that you were called in such interesting ways, you know, through your intuition or through Mother Ayahuasca, because I, in my journey, was called constantly into different areas. And just personally, through the journey, I kept feeling and hearing nudges of all different messages and downloads that I was getting. And um, I, I love that you said it came to an abrupt stop for you because there was a point in my journey, actually, also, Demi, that I felt like maybe I need to stop and and remove myself because something's happening and this something that's happening could be really life-changing if I listened. And I think that that's the beautiful piece in plant medicine is that there's this ability to have a bigger perspective, a 30,000 foot view, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think that's part of not only the intuition you're speaking to Megan, but the beauty of the medicine. Oh yes, absolutely. And the, the amazing thing about it is this plant medicine. Ayahuasca is considered a master plant teacher. And what ayahuasca is, is it's a brew made from the ayahuasca vine and then the DMT containing plant chacruna. And there are other plants that do contain DMT, acacia, Syrian rue, mimosa. And so what happens is when you drink the tea, the, um, the um, DMT and the ayahuasca brew, it takes your rational mind offline. I mean, you're still, you're still cogent. You can think, you can sort of reason things out to an extent, but it takes the rational, logical mind, puts it off to the side and allows the incredible heart centered, creative side to come forward. And then the DMT takes you into these other dimensions. And the ayahuasca vine is the vine of the mother that contains the wisdom and the information. And she goes to work directly with each individual and she goes exactly where you need to, where you need to start. She meets you right there and she starts doing the work with you. Wow. So having experienced that, I, I'm like, yes, a thousand percent, uh, that is what happened. And yeah. I'm also wondering, Demi, in the amount of ceremonies that you facilitated in Benda Maestra, are there particular themes that you've seen come up with? I, I don't know if they're called students or, <laughs> or what you would call them, um, are there themes that you see come up when it comes to the whole journey of being with Mother Ayahuasca and what's on the other side of that for them? Yes, absolutely. The, the primary thing that tends to come up a lot is grief. So grief is a big theme and grief can last for one or two ceremonies or it can go on for several ceremonies. Every time you come and do a ceremony, it's different, but sometimes there are themes. For myself, I had grief. I had six or seven ceremonies where it was just nothing but grief and me crying and crying and crying. And I would get so exhausted and I would think, oh my Lord, how, how much grief do I have? But it wasn't just grief for myself. It, that's where it started, but then it extended to my family and then to my community and then to my state and then to my country and then to the world. And then, you know, just to the indigenous people across the world and to all of the the, the travesties and things that have been done in, in the name of humanity. And I would just think, oh my Lord, how, why do we keep doing these things to each other? How much grief can humanity bear? So it really just blew up out of there. And then another common theme 
Interestingly enough, I call it the Gothic circus, but some people call it the (laughs) (laughs) or the And that was just sort of entering this weird Tim Burton kind of circus place with lots of creatures and lots of beings and all of them doing these weird different things. And what was interesting is I had several ceremonies where I couldn't get past the Gothic circus. And finally, my partner, Brian, he said, well, why don't you why don't you ask when you're in there? ask the, there were these two weird curly Q guardian things with these like really dead blank eyes. And I would always run into them. And he said, well, why don't you ask them what they are? And if they're there to teach you something, and if not ask them if you can pass. And that's exactly what I did. And what was interesting is I went up to him and I said, what's your name? No response. Are you here to teach me something? No response. Is there something I need to learn from you? No response. I said, well, then I think I'm just going to walk through and pass. And I just walked right through them and the whole landscape changed and shifted into this completely other, um, other area and dimension. And it was, uh, it was a lunar landscape is what it changed into, but it was very interesting. So you in these journeys can talk to the beings that come up because you'll see them and they could be aliens or elves or weird fluffy creatures or animals or things we haven't even seen. And (laughs) so it's all, it's all very real And uh, so you've got the cosmic circus or gothic circus, and then you have grief. A lot of people will experience fear. Some people have intense fear. Um, Those are just things that uh, they have not yet confronted that uh, are coming up from their subconscious and they're taking a a form of something that's fearful to them. And that's why Mm -hmm. I say before people drink, when I hand the the tea, I say always have courage because... Mm -hmm are going to need to have a lot of courage when they when they do this. Yeah. Yeah. See, it didn't manifest. I, I wouldn't call my experience the gothic circus. I think cosmic circus is more is more relevant for me. And I'd like I'd love to dive into this a little bit because I'm thinking for the audience and I'm thinking for those that, you know, might be afraid of ayahuasca, afraid, afraid of our fear. Hmm, imagine that. Right. Um, and one thing that someone described to me one day when I asked him, you know, what is the experience of being in plant medicine? And and his response was, you know, it's just a beautiful way to explore the edges of your psyche. And it was such a simple explanation. But after having gone through it and being on the other side, I feel like the gothic circus, the cosmic circus, the, I mean, for those that don't believe in aliens, you know, what's coming up for them. I I think a lot of it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, Demi, because I'd love to kind of touch on this for a minute and explore whether or not what we're seeing and experience is a part of something embedded deep within our psyche. Like if you're looking at strange things, if you're talking with them, are they embedded deep within our psyche from your experience? Yes, they are. And again, so much of the subconscious mind is has really not been explored. We have we've gone to certain levels with it, but our brains are so big and they say that we only use a certain percentage of them. And a lot of the 
percentage that we're not using is the subconscious. So it's kind of like an onion. There's layer after layer after layer. And whenever somebody is going into their subconscious and it's allowed to come up, anything that's stored, anything that's been stored there, any impressions, any traumas, any fears, any anxieties, anything like that is all going to come up. But conversely, all of the beautiful things, are the knowledge of our divinity, the awakening to our absolute connection to source and divine, um, that comes up as well for people too. So journeys don't necessarily have to be work and hard work, and they don't need to be scary or terrifying. They can also be amazing and blissful and beautiful. It really just runs the spectrum depending on the person. Mm -hmm. um, coming in with the anxiety, though, that can create roadblocks in the journey. And that's part of the work as you're doing the, the journey is to look at it, understand it, not be fearful of it, because it can't hurt you. It, it it's in your mind. And yes, you're in other dimensions, but these things can't hurt you. And right. it's just the um, sort of the inability or the reluctance of somebody to not want to look at something that's causing habits, patterns, thought loops, uh, anxieties, fears, et cetera. And we always tell people, you know, just have no fear. There is nothing to fear. Yes. But, you know, yeah. you know, sometimes we get, we talk ourselves into a space where we're convinced that it's, it's fearful and scary and bad. And yeah. it's just not, it's really not for me, you know, for me anyway, I shouldn't be so cavalier about it because I do take <laughs> those fears to, to heart. Well, and I think, thank you for saying that. And I, I want to, I want to reiterate that because I don't want anyone listening to hear the things that we're saying and fear them or be scared of them because my experience was very beautiful and euphoric and divine. And it was, it was a very, very um, deep, deep experience that wasn't full of any kind of strange beings or things that were maybe different for some people to, you know, kind of um, conceptualize, right? And so I think that every journey is different. And I think something that is really important that you helped me with, Demi, and the audience can, you know, kind of take this in. But when you do say, always have courage, you also gave Megan and I permission to be in the journey and to guide our journey. So what you gave us is the tool to say, if you find yourself in a place where you're not comfortable or you want to move through it, or you want to see more, you need to, you can ask mother I to send you to a different place or to show you more. And while I was in my journey specifically, I remember time and time again saying, what are you trying to show me here? What do I need to learn here? Mm -hmm. Or asking to go somewhere else. And every time I asked, I was granted. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and I think that that for people can give them a little comfort too. That was my experience. Mm -hmm. But I think sharing that part, Megan, is really oh, yes. important yep. because I think that gave you peace as well. Oh, right? 100%. And it's so funny because I knew you were going to go there just right <laughs> now. And you took the words out of my <laughs> out of my mouth. And to be honest with you, I still feel like I'm in my journey, even though the ceremony has closed. I... I, before going through the journey, I would have been terrified to speak publicly about something like this. And the mantra of <laughs> being courageous, always have courage. And Demi, like you're with me all the time. Anytime I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should be doing this. Always have courage. Always have courage. <laughs> Surrender. Okay, breathe. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so thank you for gifting that to us, Demi, because I, it was so simple. It was two or three words, but it's something I'm going to take with me forever and surrendering into the journey and the adventure of being with mother ayahuasca was essential for my transformation. If I tried to fight it, I would have kept being overpowered by fear. And I, I feel like a lot of people can be in that way where, you know, if they don't have a great experience and they don't feel that euphoria, um, there are probably so many things, but I, I think helping that would be having the courage to surrender, having the courage. How do I surrender? How do I stop fighting what I'm feeling? And instead ask questions. What are you trying to teach me? How can I lift this veil and surrender? That was my experience. And it was beautiful in the pain, in the pleasure. It, all of it was so beautiful. Oh, that is so, that is amazing. And it's, you know, I'm glad you said that too, because some people go into ceremonies and they do have um, rather intense journeys and uh, I call them reckonings. It's almost like they're having a reckoning and mm -hmm. they come out and they're, they say, I will never do this again. And um, then I hear from them about a year later and they say, you know what, I've been able to process everything and integrate everything into my life and I'm, I'm ready to go back in again. So that's always beautiful when someone who, you know, just looks like they really got pummeled, um, comes back and says, okay, I'm ready to know more. And it's so, and like having you two in ceremony, you ladies were just amazing. I was telling you afterwards, you know, it was just like the messages I was getting about you guys was just solid, solid, beautiful, authentic super successful, going to be amazingly super successful and just feeling <laughs> the energy of you guys coming back to me. And I, like I told you, I just sat there. I was just like this grin, you know, like, all <laughs> I can't stop smiling. I'm like, oh, right. oh, and so it's, it's really, you know, but you ladies, you came in, you were prepared, you were fearless, you were curious. Um, you really, came in with a, a, a beautiful attitude. But when you think about it, this is how we should really be approaching life, right? Yeah. So yeah. if we can work through fears and ceremonies, then we can certainly work through fears in life. So whatever it is that we perceive that's holding us back or keeping us down, all we have to do is really start asking questions. You know, why? Why is this? Why is this? In some ceremonies, they'll be very reflective. People will sit here, will sit in ceremony and just reflect about people or situations or things in their life. And they'll have answers come to them. Mm. Oh, I get it. they'll be like, Oh yeah, I get it now. And Oh, I see the reason for this and, and why I had to learn that lesson. And they begin to see learning lessons from the perspective of something that's fueling their own spiritual growth and evolution versus being punished for something that they did. While you're enjoying this episode, we're going to take a moment to pause and tell you about the next level of your ascension. Imagine white, sandy beach for miles, <laughs> the smell of coconut and sunscreen, and a sacred sisterhood with yours truly, Ooh. Meg and Jen. We're inviting you to join us at our next retreat in St. Pete's, the Soul Ascend Retreat, August 19th to the 22nd. 
Yes. How can they find it, Jen? They can go to our website, which is soulascendpodcast.com for all the juicy details. And if you check us out on ING, you'll probably see, amongst awkward pictures of yours truly, (laughs) some glorious St. Pete's Beach photos where you can join us in paradise. See you there. Um, Yes. So good. And I want to go there. I want... (laughs) So this is where I know, Megan, this is probably where you want to go too, but you can interrupt me if you want. But (laughs) (laughs) what I really, where I really want to go, Demi, is I think that like, how do you know, like if there's a, if there's someone on the other side listening to this and they're like, huh, how do, how do they know if mother Aya is calling them? How do they know if plant medicine is, Mm. is in their plan is, is, is for them is, is going to give them the benefits and the transformation that they're looking for. How does one know that? It's such um, it's such an objective uh, or subjective answer because all I can say is they'll know they'll just know right I mean I knew when I first heard something about it stuck in my brain and even though it wasn't the right time for me to go I I always knew that someday I was going to be doing that and the vine think of it this way the ayahuasca vine how the vines grow is they have tendrils and they curl around and so she starts reaching out on a spiritual energetic level and she starts curling around people's hearts and minds and just like a vine and she starts pulling and she's like it's time come on yeah you to work with me some people get a message very very strongly and some people will get a message very uh, subtly And it's a tricky thing right now because it's so popular and so hip and trendy. So people are coming to all sorts of people are coming to ayahuasca now thinking it's going to be their cure-all and their panacea for whatever it is that they need to work on and fix. And it's not the case. Ayahuasca is definitely not for everybody. You definitely have to be of sound mind and body in order to engage in this. But just because you can't do ayahuasca doesn't mean there aren't other just as effective techniques, modalities, and medicines to work with. So ayahuasca is one. But if someone goes to seek out an ayahuasca facilitator, they should be asking you medical questions, psychological questions, um, wellness questions overall about medications, pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. And uh, the responsible facilitator or ceremony leader is going to be honest with people and say this just really, this, this is not going to be the best thing for you. And that facilitator will also ideally recommend other options for them. But I, I have had to turn people away for, for mm-hmm. various reasons. And uh, But coming back to your question, they'll know. They'll know. Some people can delude themselves and think, oh, no, 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 it is. It is ayahuasca. It is ayahuasca. And it's really not. So mm-hmm. that's where the whole process of talking to people who are potentially interested in doing this and really finding out what it is that's calling to them and what healing they need. So... Um, People know, though. People just know genuinely. And how long did you say it was? this has been calling to you? Two years. Two, two years. years. Two years. You know, and, and when it started calling, what did you do when you first started hearing that? Would you, did you? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I thought, okay, maybe, maybe this is something that's, that's interesting for me. I started doing research. Um, I started learning about the medicine. I started learning about different people that did the medicine. I started learning about um, what it wasn't so that I wasn't trapped in that um, stereotype of it's a drug to check out, right? And because that was my fear is that am I going to something that's going to make me check out or is it something that's going to really tap in? 
And so I researched and researched and it, Carrie, who we've interviewed on the podcast, mm -hmm. was how we connected Demi. And when she mentioned it to me again, and then Megan mentioned it to me in that same week, I went, oh, it's time. <laughs> She was such an easy yes. Yeah. It was it was extraordinary. Yeah. I was I thought I was gonna have to <laughs> try to poke her for ten years. <laughs> and it didn't happen that way. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you put the intention out there too, so it's a combination of yeah. putting the intention out there, her calling to you, and the connections will happen in one way or another. I mean, I've had people come to me who say they were walking by some some two ladies talking and they overheard ayahuasca. So they stopped them and they said, well, what is this? And how was it? And where did you go? And those ladies ended up coming to me. And so really sometimes there are such random ways that people connect and find it. But um, my belief is that each individual is going to find the right person at the right time to, yes. uh, to use, to utilize this mode of healing. Totally. So for me, it was about 10 years ago wow. that I got yeah. the first nudge. Yeah. It wasn't a strong nudge. It was, it, it was just like a gentle pat. <laughs> and, uh, and I was listening to a ceremony with people crying. <laughs> and my, my friend had just gone through this journey and he wanted to share it with us. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> People crying. What are they doing? Is it cold? Like there were so many fears that came up, but on the other side of it was more curiosity than anything. I had just finished my master's degree in counseling, and I love to explore edges of our psyche and investigate why we cultivate these behaviors and patterns and habits. And so it was. It was a gentle little touch at ten years ago, and then over the past, I want to say probably two to three years too, we've been more nudges, and I've been at the same thing, like very intentional about if I hear it brought up, I'm going to pay attention, mm -hmm. and I'm going to be curious. And there was at one point where I saw because I think on the other side of that is. Um, thank you so much for sharing about screening people for this, and that it's not for everybody because. I think there's a dark side to everything. <laughs> and I watched a documentary that was trying to, the word that I just made up, dramatize. Oh yeah, you made that <laughs> word up. We have a solicit dictionary. The wellness industry where it shows the ugly side of, of the wellness industry where, yes, I feel like there's an ugly side to everything. And after I watched the documentary, I was like, whoa, I'm not doing plant medicine ever. And because it was all fear-based right? It was this reaction to the fear. And then the more that I dove deep and investigated why I had this fear around it, I realized that um, I wasn't going to let that fear overpower me anymore. And so working with you, Demi, gave me so much comfort that I was going to be okay. And even, even though there was still fear, I was held by you in this very motherly way. I was held by Mother Aya in this very motherly way. And then Jen as well. I just felt so safe. And it's so funny that you say, oh, you guys were very strong because I felt very strong when I was in it. However, <laughs> I had a very visceral reaction that Jen didn't have. And so my my fear was that you guys wouldn't think that I was going to be okay because my reaction was more visceral. 
And I wanted to say, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, <laughs> don't freak out. It's all fine. <laughs> but it was my body processing and integrating and working through some of the things that I had been ignoring for a very long time. And so it was just this really beautiful experience that, that I, I just felt so loved and comforted in on so many different levels. And so for those of you that are listening that keep getting the nudge or even just a tiny little poke, pay attention to where that's coming from and, um, and how you can investigate and be curious about these nudges that you're getting. And, um, and if you do have fear come up, where is that coming from? I think it's important to question everything that comes up for us and see where the source is. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I really do stress to people is um, they're safe. They're safe. Yeah. Safety is, safety is our first priority, creating a, uh, an environment and a feeling of whatever happens, we're going to love you right through it. If you need, can't get up and walk to the bathroom, we will help you and walk to the bathroom. If you need to sit up, if you need water, if you need another blanket, whatever it is, we're up, we're paying attention, we're looking around, we're managing the energy in the room. Um, we have had some things over the years that we've been doing this, so pretty much nothing would surprise us. And we have, <laughs> with, uh, we have dealt with some situations before that pretty much just first and foremost, just required us being calm, you know, mm -hmm. just being calm with the person and just talking them down and kind of getting them back, moving them back into a, a, a space of safety and comfort where they feel good about that. So we have, we've had some interesting situations, but again, you know, we, we stay centered, we stay calm and we just know that this isn't going to last forever. They might, they might go on for a bit, but we're going to get them back to a space where they're going to come back to, to reality. So mm, yeah. I love that. there really is nothing, there really is nothing to fear. And I am, um, again, it is, I, it is so important to me that people feel safe. That's very important to me. Yeah, that's evident, Demi, and and how you approach ceremony and and how beautiful the space you create and and even beforehand, Megan and I were talking about this too about how you know you created this this space where music became such a powerful yes. part of ceremony, yeah. and I think I would love for you to maybe go in if you don't mind, maybe for a few minutes, just kind of take people through maybe some logistics. I think that sometimes the unknown of the logistics can stop people. Um, and a lot of people that have been asking me about the journey that I've shared it with, the first thing they ask is, okay, so what do you do? What's like the first thing you do? Like what happens? And so maybe if you could just share a few things of how you create ceremony for people that might give them a little ease. Yeah. And while, while you're explaining this, I have one question that leads into this conversation because your voice oh. activated something inside of me that oh. I've, never experienced oh. before. Do you have to have the voice of an angel to be a shaman? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Everybody has their own voice and anybody who is called to this work is going to have their own particular style. Um, I've done ceremonies where somebody came up to me after ceremony and said, Ooh, you were like a, you were like a, a Kundalini charmer. And I saw you, you know, working with all everybody's energies and, and I've seen other people and they say, Ooh, you're just, you're like the hypnotizer. And other people are like, oh, and you are like the, the rock solid portal opener. And so, 
And, and when you hear shamans in the Amazon sing, it's quite a different experience because they tend to sing a little more nasally. So say you're a male shaman, your songs are going to be like, I know which might not sound pleasant to us, right? We might think, oh, my Lord. Um, oh, I that. <laughs> you might feel like you're in a cauldron of boiling water with a shaman dancing around you. <laughs> ready to <make> <laughs> But that's just, that's their culture and that's how they sing. And so for their people, it sounds very comforting and good. Um, whereas in our culture, we'll hear it and it sounds so foreign and jarring, but it is very powerful still. Everybody has their own voice. Everybody has their own expression of divinity that's coming through them and the work that they're doing or, you know, whatever it is that's coming through them. Because sometimes it's not always divine. But um, it, uh, it, it's just this expression and this resonance. So everybody's different. And I like that. I like that. I don't think everybody should all sound like, you know, people on uh, So You Think You Can Sing or whatever. <laughs> I, I, forget, I don't know the name of them. So um, was that your question? I think I forgot your question. No, I, I wanted, I was going to ask if you didn't mind. And this is, I, I understand oh, Ceremony yeah. Sacred, but I would love if you could just give maybe a little context around the logistics of ceremony, the way that you facilitate. Absolutely. You bet. So usually what the ceremony is, we have people arrive about an hour earlier and then we have everything set up for them and they bring sheet, pillow, blanket, water bottle. We have everybody choose their own spots, set up where they'd like. And um, it's usually a room with uh, 10 people and then two or three facilitators. And then I will do a drumming to open up the energy and start creating the energy in the room and creating an energetic safe space container. And then after drumming for about five or six minutes and, and the space has been sealed and protected, then I call people up one by one to the altar to take their first dose. And their first dose is about a Dixie cup size. And then everybody goes back and lays down in their mat. We extinguish the lights in the room and we sit in silence for about 15 to 20 minutes just so they can begin to sort of feel the subtle vibrations of the medicine beginning to move through them. After about 15 or 20 minutes, we start with the music and some of it is uh, pre-recorded. There are instruments, drums, rattles, singing bowls, um, various and sundry items. And then there are a lot of songs that I sing live. And then there's some pre-recorded music that I utilize specifically for sound waves and frequencies and tempos and rhythms that really seem to kind of dig in there. So gongs and singing bowls, as you, you may have realized, those are a very powerful vibrational tool to use in the medicine. And then you can get up. I mean, if you need to go to the bathroom, you can get up and go to the bathroom. But we do ask that people stay in their mats. We're very non-intrusive. We don't um, <clears throat> we don't do Reiki over people. We don't come up and pull them out of their journey. We don't dance or sort of perform um, because that that pulls it out. Then people think they'll they'll see or feel the movement, and then they look, and then suddenly they're watching someone else instead of staying in their own work and in their own journey. So me and my facilitator, we just stay at the altar. We only move and get up if we have to, if we have to do something or switch out. If people purge and they have purged in their bucket and we need to get them a new bucket, we'll get them a new bucket. If we need to do any kind of work to just breathe, to help them breathe and ground. And then um, we do what we need to do to get them, everybody situated again. And then we're out of their space because we want everybody to know it's almost like your own little personal cocoon. And the work that you're doing, ayahuasca, is, is unlike any other psychedelic. The work you're doing is completely internal. 
Uh, and that means you go in and you stay with yourself and you stay with your journey. And that lasts anywhere from, I don't know, four and a half to five hours. It just depends when people are pretty much coming out of the medicine. And then after ceremony, I will close the circle. And then we have snacks and things. Uh, so if people want to eat and they're hungry, because sometimes people haven't eaten for 12 plus hours, we do that. And people can talk amongst themselves quietly or go outside or fall asleep or journal or just rest and reflect. So everybody's different. We always tell people, you know, we encourage them to do whatever feels right for them. So basically that's the ceremony in a nutshell. And then, and then within the ceremony, there are oftentimes where there will be peaks and crescendos. So journey, sometimes the journey can be very intense. I don't know if you remember when I was playing a drumming, uh, a drumming soundtrack and it just was like, mm-hmm. And so that tends to pound and raise the energy up, but then we will adjust the energy and it's all based on where people are in their journeys. So if I need to change the direction of an energy or the direction of something that's happening, I'll find the music in my head and then play it or sing the song in my head that's appropriate. So ceremonies can peak and go up and crescendo and get intense and then they can also come down and then they can feel like, you know, kind of like uh, nursery time where you're just laying in a nursery and you're in your little cradle <laughs> feeling all safe and warm and blissful. So it's a whole gamut. It's a whole gamut of things. So hopefully that is a good description. Oh, it was beautiful oh, yeah. description. <laughs> I mean, that was t- our I just went back there. to a T. <laughs> I just went back to the journey. <laughs> oh, Debbie, we love you. And, oh. and honestly, I seriously think we should do more like episodes yeah, on this topic. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think there are so many myths about ayahuasca and I think we just scratched the surface on it. And, and I think this episode really accomplished what I, what I hoped it would accomplish yeah. was um, not swaying one direction or other, but, but getting to the science behind it, which is something that I personally can't speak to. And I know that you can speak to that there you're very strategic and very methodical about how you show up as the maestra and it's, it's extraordinary. It's absolutely extraordinary. So what Jen and I like to do before we end is we didn't, we didn't prep you for this. (laughs) We collectively can um, create this together, but at the end of every podcast, Jen and I come up with, something called an ascendment, which is like a theme or a mantra for this podcast. And then a soul assignment, which is a call to action. And the reason why we do that is we want this podcast to be integrated. We want it to be interactive. We want people to leave with takeaways so they can implement some of the things that we talked about into their life. That being said, what do y'all think would be a great ascendment for today? Well, you know what I think. Well, you already know what I think, but I'll see how Demi feels about this. So one of the most um, impactful things about our journey together that Megan and I have, have continued to speak into was always have courage. And those words stayed with me during journey. They have stayed with me after journey. They have been in my work now. I've been integrating that into my work Mm -hmm. and it's really powerful. And so I would love the audience to have a takeaway today and a mantra to wherever they're at in their life to have the courage to Mm -hmm. be curious, the courage to be curious. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's so, it's just so important. You know, I did a ceremony in um, Chicago in December and there was a, there was a really, really terrific young man there. And after ceremony, he went and got a tattoo on the inside of his arm that said, always have courage. And he was oh so excited to show it to me. He's like, look what I got. <laughs> and I thought no, that's, that's really great. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, so a mantra for courage, is that some, are you going to do that? Yeah, maybe I've been, I was just telling my husband last night, I was going to get my, um, Ed's little artwork piece done that I wanted to put on my wrist, but maybe, maybe that gets to be integrated, Demi. <laughs> uh, what do you think would be a soul assignment to kind of go along with the always have courage or be, have enough courage to be curious? What do you think we can attach to that, um, to create an assignment? I think a really good assignment would be to just pay attention because, you know, our gut, we feel things at a gut level when we're, we're feeling a red flag or we feel something isn't right or something is, is causing us to, to experience fear. You're going to feel that in your gut first. And if you mm -hmm. can catch that moment and feel that fear and then just take a breath and go, yes, this is fear right now and, and embrace that and go fear I love you. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but uh, you just say fear. I, I love you. And what are you here to teach me? And when you look at it from a perspective of the fear is here to teach you something, you're going to learn something and open, open up to that instead of hiding or running away or doing something that, that, that pushes that away, embrace it, face it, embrace it. And I was trying to find something that rhymed with all of that, but I can't right now. But <laughs> embrace it. I think that's maybe pretty good. <laughs> turn into a rap. Embrace it. Face it. Don't disgrace it. Wow, Megan. That was. I was. I was. I was. Oh my god! <laughs> you never know what Megan's gonna do. Okay, you call, never call you Lil Megan. Lil <laughs> Meg. <laughs> Ashley, it's DJ Wicka Wicka Wikipedia. Oh my gosh, this is not happening right now. It's it's either it's either Disney or gangster <laughs> rapping on Soul and Podcast. <laughs> oh, Demi, thank you so much for being with us. We we love you. We're so honored that you spent some time with us today, and I know our audience mm -hmm. just loved this episode. Yes, oh, so much love to you. Thank you so much love to you. And you guys, you're terrific at this, doing the, the the podcasting. You really are. It's beautiful. You could be you could be on NPR. Really, you're great. Oh, you're really so sweet. And thank you. And it's so it's, <laughs> it's so great to see you guys. And I really, really do love you so much. I have so much respect and admiration for you. You are both solid and amazing. So thank you. Thank you, Demi. Did you love this episode? We love connecting with our audience and we want to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe, review, and share. You can also follow us on Instagram at Soul Ascend Podcast. And don't forget, when you write a five-star review, screenshot it and send it to us at info at soulascendpodcast.com and we will send you our top 10 manifestation hacks 